All right, we'll say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. Josh and Becca Friedman for dedicating all the Shomer and Joshua's this month. Commission of the Arzite of Joshua's father, Yisrael Yehuda, Ben Chaim Rifael, as well as for an Ali for the Neshamas of all of those who were murdered al Kiddush Hashem. And Shim Chastorin for a safe return of all of our hostages and Chayalim. Semya Malka Esther, in the memory of their parents, Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim, Yitzchok Leib Ben Arna Cohen, and Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram. The Pepper family, in memory of their brother and uncle Yosef Pepper, Yosef David Ben Yaakov, Zichron Libracha. Our week of learning sponsors, Doug and Gail Stanger, in memory of Doug's father, Shraga Feivel Ben Moshe Avram Halevi. And of course, as a share, we dedicate Meseches Babakam, in memory of Master Sergeant Elio Michal Harush Hashem Yikom Damo. We hope that in the merit of all of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshama Slavon Aliyah, and the families in Nechama. With that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf Chof Test 29. 29. And we are picking up on Chof Ches on the base 28b at the two dots. Rabbi Huda Omer Ben So, boss, as you remember, again, just to reorient ourselves a little bit, a lot, a lot to focus on today. Right, a lot of interesting cases today. So, remember, again, we had Rabbi Huda in the Mishnah, and what did Rabbi Huda say? So, remember, the Mishnah's case, which we saw on the bottom of Chavches Amud Aleph twenty-eight A. So, remember, again, the case was Ruvain has a jug. The jug broke in Rosh Hashanah. The right. So, we have two pieces of yarn. Water spilled. Water spilled. The Mishnah then says, Someone slipped in the water. Or was injured by the shards. It's two possibilities. What's that? The Mishnah says, Chayif. Tanakama says, Chayif. Rabbi Yehuda says, Well, it depends. If there was Kavana, then there's liability. If there was no Kavana, then there's no liability. So we don't know what, we don't know what Kavana means yet. Remember again yesterday what we spent the bulk of our time focusing on was, was that what's the nature of the liability of the water? Is water considered bar, right? Or is water considered to be, or is water considered to be shar, mamo? So that was Machokis Rav and Shmuel. So now let's move on. Says the Gemara. So Rabbi Huda Omer Miskavin Chayv. Hei Dali Miskavin. Two dots. Right? So again, I will say 28B, 28B, 2, 4, 6, uh, uh, yeah, two, four, six, eight lines up at the bottom. So Gemara says as follows. I'm sorry. How long are we there, though? I thought you got two dots. No. Ah, so you know what? So let, let's let's. Uh, yeah, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Okay, fine. Some of those are low tema beniskal beevan minashuf beevan udem chayiv, which is okay. That's, how, did I, how did I evolve over there? That's in the middle of the sugya. Okay. All right. We should have started 545. I, I, thought I, had, I thought I had this. Okay, let's go. Says the Gemara. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So Rabbi Lozer says, we were only talking about the case beforehand about Rav and Shmuel when we were talking about, again, where he tripped over the stone and ultimately smashed his flask or his jug against the stone. Avon, this the karka. The Nashuf Be'evan Potter, but if Halacha say tripped on the ground and then went ahead and smashed his flask against the stony Potter, so the Gemara says, Kiman, whose opinion does this reflect? To look Rabbi Nassim, not like Rabbi Nassim as we spoke about before. Ikadami, alternate version of this. Amr Belazar, Lotima don't say that we're talking about a case where he trips over the stone and smashes the jug against the stone. But had he gone ahead and tripped over the ground and and smashed the flask or the jug against the stone, rather even in a case ultimately again where he tripped on the ground and he smashed it against the stone, I will say whose opinion does that reflect? Ultimately, again, the opinion of Rabbi Nasan. So I'll say, so again, we'll talk about this more before this. We're going to actually loop back to this a little bit because what this has to do is with the nature of the liability of tripping. When a person trips, it's actually interesting, I will say, person trips, is trips is the tripping considered to be a form of pshia? Is that a form of like negligence or a form ultimately of ones? 
obviously that makes a tremendous distinction. Why? Because let's say a person trips, that results in damage. So again, is that damage considered to be an act of negligence, an act of only extenuating circumstances? We'll loop back to that as well. Fine. Remember again, the Tanakhama stated that when Ruvain has a jug and the jug breaks, the water spills, and, therefore, and now Shimon either gets injured through the water or through the shards, that's the Tanakhama. Rabbi Huda says, if it's been miskavin, if there was kavana, ultimately Ruvain's liable. No kavana, Ruvain's not liable. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? What's the case of kavana here? So says the Gemara, Rabbi says it means that Ruvain had kavana to go ahead and take the jug off his shoulder. So if you can imagine the scene, Ruvain's holding the jug on his shoulder, and what happens? He goes ahead and he has kavana to put it down. In the process of putting it down, what happens? It breaks. So according to Rabbi, the kavana over here is Ruvain has in mind to put it down on Shrabim. Well, you had in mind to put it down on Shrabim, and then it breaks. The water spills, right? Ruvain is Shimon is injured either through the water or through the shards. Ultimately, again, there's going to be liability. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi's second to last on the short lines. It was Kavin Lauri Lamatavik Sefov. Viniska, the Hutchabakosa, Chayim, Viniska, Poshehu. So what happens? So you go ahead and you have Kavana to go ahead and take it down from your shoulder. Now, Viniska means that let's say he tripped, right? Vodchabakosa, and the jug smashed against the wall. So now, Chayim, you Chayim for that. You Chayim for that. Says, so Rabbi says, not necessarily, Rabbi says like this, that the truth is, Rabbi Meir, who is more machmer than the Tanakhama, he would go ahead and be machmer even if the jug itself disintegrated. Even if the jug disintegrated. Now what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi again. Afilu nifshara, mimucha hakad ne'atzma al-ksefo ones. So I will say, listen to this. So according to Rabbah, according to Rabbah, there is an element ultimately again over here of Pshia. An element of Pshia. What's the element of Pshia? You're having in mind to take, take your utensil off your shoulder. You trip, it gets smashed. The idea over here is you have Kavana to take it down off your shoulder. Abai comes along and says, remember this Machlok is what Rabbi Meir is saying. Abai comes along and says, no. Rabbi Meir is even more Mahmud than that. Rabbi Meir holds that Halach Lamai say, even if you didn't have Kavana to take it down, but just the jug itself disintegrates on your shoulder, that halacha say you would be liable for any resulting damage that would then happen to Shimon as a result of your disintegrated jug in Rosh Hashanah. Which I will say, obviously, is a very high level, a very high level of liability. So, so Abai says, yes, Rabbi Meir would hold, that if Ruvain is holding the jug, and the jug just disintegrates to the point that all Ruvain is left holding is what? The handle of the jug itself, that Ruvain would be chayyeh for any subsequent liability that Shimon would encounter. So the Gemara says, Anai, Anasu. I would say, that's an ones. Can you imagine Ruvain's walking with his jug? See, I understand Rabbah's point. I understand Rabbah's idea that if Ruvain's holding his jug, and now he has Kavana to put it down, right? And as he's taking it down off his shoulders, whatever, he trips, and then the jug smashes. When you're in Rosh Hashanah, what's your job? What's your job? Transport your stuff, get in and get out. Rosh Hashanah is not the place to start putting down your stuff. So you have in mind to put down your stuff and then something happens and someone else gets injured? Liability. I get that. I get that. But Abaye, Ruben's holding the jug. The jug disintegrates. Right? The jug disintegrates. And again, now Shimon gets injured through the water or through a shard. And all Ruben's left is holding the, literally the handle of the jug. That's an ones. That's an extenuating circumstance. Why should Ruven be chayev? The Gemara says, Anasu, the ones rachmana patre. The Torah exempts one in a case of ones. Dixiv, lanara lo sa'ased davar. Shabbos says, this is referring to the case ultimately again of nara murasa, that ultimately again if a girl is violated. So if a girl is violated again and there was absolutely no way for her to call out for help or anything like that, she is, she of course is free from any level of guilt. Solomites again. Shabbos says, so that, that's the paradigmatic example of, of, of ones. So I, say, so I just want to point out, remember, there's different in the world of liability. There's onis and there's shogeg. Shogeg means accidental, but lamaisa, there are still elements of that, of that event 
that either I could have prevented from occurring, right, or that there is maybe even somewhat of a lack, uh, a certain carelessness, certain carelessness, not even a pshia, but a certain carelessness, right, as opposed to ones where there are circumstances I could not have, there's nothing I could have done to have prevented this. So if Ruben is carrying his utensil, the utensil disintegrates on him, that seems like a real ones case, right? What could Ruben have done to have it all prevented? That's how could there be liability? So maybe you see, you're right. You know what? A, a claim of ones, a claim of ones works when? A claim of ones ultimately works when we're talking about capital punishment, right? So again, you're not going to put someone to death for ones. But when we're talking about nizikin, damages, damages, so maybe one is liable for damages even in even in a even in an, an ones case, Vatani, we learn Nishpara Kadovalosalko, right? If Ruvain's Ruvain's jug broke and he did not remove the shards, Nafal Gmalo Veloha Emido, or his camel fell down and he did not stand his camel upright, Rabbi Mir Mechaiv Benizikin, Pezikun, Raimir Hosa Lochalamaisa, you are Chaiv, you are Chaiv, ultimately again for any damages. The Chachamim Omrin the Chachamim say to Apav Chavtas, Patrimitini Adam the Chaibidine Shamayim. Ultimately, again, you're exempt within a human court, but you are chayiv, ultimately, in the, in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Baruch Hu, but I will say, interestingly enough, the Chum agree. So I will say, so what, this is actually an interesting case. Right, so Reuven is walking, Reuven is walking through Shusarabim. And what happens? His jug breaks and he fails to remove the pieces. His camel sits down in Rosh Shusarabim, right? And, and, and he, and Reuven refuses to go ahead and stand the camel back up or just walks away. And as a result, people are injured in both of these cases. Rabbi Meir, Reuven, you're liable. Chachamim, you're not liable, at least not in a human court. You may be liable in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but you're not chayiv in a human court, in a human court. But the Chacham agreed with Rabbi Meir in a case of where, you, of where you left your stone, your knife, your load, and you left them on the top of the roof, and ultimately they were blown off by a Ruach Mutsuya common wind, Veziko, and they did damage, Shuchayiv. In that case, the Chacham will agree that ultimately, again, you are chayiv. You are chayiv. Umodeh, Rabbi Meir, the Rabbanon, and Rabbi Meir gives the Rabbanon alagag nagvon that if you go ahead and you put jugs on top of on top of a roof to dry out, right? You know, as well said, you know, when you when you have certain utensils, so normally again you would exp- you put them in the sun for them to harden and to dry out. So let's say you brought up utensils to your roof to harden and to dry out. And then they are blown off the roof through an uncommon wind. So it means a much stronger wind. That's what. And then they fall down and they injure someone. Shoe potter. That ultimately is potter. So we'll say, what do you see from that? What is that? What is that a case of? That's a case of ones. That's a case of ones. Remember, so we'll say, let's pause here for just a moment to, to reflect on what's happening. So remember again, here's what we have. We have a statement in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says the Rabbi Meir holds that Allah if you have Kavana, Ruvain, you have Kavana, you're Chayiv, you don't have Kavana, you're Pater. What does Rabbi Meir mean? Rabbi says, Rabbi says Kavana, that Ruvain has Kavana to take the jug off, put it down, and then again it breaks, and then, and then Shimon is injured either through the shards or through the water. Then Rabbi Meir says, Kavana, you're Chayiv. Abaye says, no. Rabbi Meir even has a heightened level of liability, even if what? Ruvain is transporting the jug through Shusarab, and then what happens? Then what happens? The jug mamish just disintegrates. Just disintegrates. And now Shimon is Shimon is injured through the through the uh, shards or through the water. There's liability. Liability, that's ones. That's ones. And in general, the concept that ones rachmanapatra, you're exempt by ones. I so maybe maybe you could say, okay, there's an easy answer. What's the easy answer? Rabbi Mary disagrees. Rabbi Mary says, when are you exempt in ones from capital punishment? But maybe when it comes to financial liability, you are liable when it comes to ones, to which the Gemara Bosa just showed in that case that what? No, even Rabbi Meir agrees that when it comes to ones, you're potter. How do you see that? Because what does Rabbi Meir say? Rabbi Meir agrees that in the case where you took your utensils up to the roof to dry out, and then what happens? A Ruach Shein Matsuya comes along, blows them off the roof, and let's say blows the utensil right onto Shimon's head, cracks it on his head, and he's injured. Rabbi Meir agrees that what? Ruven is potter. Why? Why? It's an ones. So what do you see from here? 
Rabbi Meir does hold that Ones Rach one Apache, that you are exempt in the case of Ones. So what's going on? In reality, they're arguing in two different cases. What are the two cases? Bishas Nefila Pligi, I'm sorry, Bishas Nefila Pligi, there's actually a two-pronged argument. Two-pronged argument, right? They're arguing again about damage done at the time that the object falls, and they argue about damage done after the object has fallen already and broken. So as I take a look at Rashi for just a moment, Rashi says, Rashi <laughs> So it's actually very interesting. Sabai really says that there's a two-prong machlokas Rabbi Meir and the Tanakhama. Right? Machlokas about damage done when the object is falling and machlokas about damage done after the object has fallen and now is broken into pieces and damage occurs with the broken shards. See, here we go. So, pligi bishas nefila, ultimately, again, so they argue, so we'll say, what does it mean they argue about, they argue at the time when the object falls, what does that mean? Beniskal poshel. We'll say, this, so this is what I just mentioned before, that's why I, I, was, I, was, I was content to run through a little bit until we got back to the two dots, like the place where I thought we were starting from the beginning, right? Okay, fine. So, so, so nice, why? Because this is the machokes. What's the status of tripping? What's the status of tripping, right? Is tripping considered to be an act of liability, right? Or is it considered to be So one opinion holds So one opinion holds that ultimately again that tripping is considered to be pshia. The Gemara says umar savar niskal lav poshehu. So we'll say so. Machlokas number one. Machlokas number one. Ultimately again is what's the status of tripping? Is tripping considered to be poshea or not? Now, obviously, this is very important. Why? Because, again, if tripping is considered to be an act of pshia, then what? Then any resulting damage that occurs is also what? Pshia. It's pshia. So, again, so if Halok Alamaisa Ruven trips and his jug breaks and now Shimon is subsequently injured on the shards, that's called an act of pshia as well. Masha'inkin, if tripping itself is considered to be an ones, a bit of extenuating circumstance, so then lamaisa, or at least even if you don't call it, or even if you don't want to call it ones, if you call it it's not poshea, then of course there's a much lesser liability, if any at all. So here we go. So that's that's the first machlokas. So the Gemara says, Umar niska lo poshea. That's machlokas number one. Then so we'll say that's called machlokas bishas nefila. So machlokas at the time of falling, i.e. is a machlokas, whether or not tripping is, is considered to be an act of negligence. The Gemara says, They also go ahead and have another machlokas. What's the other machlokas? After, after the object has fallen and broken. So what's the machlokas? Here we go. Bemafkir nizakov. So we'll say this is very interesting. The next machlokas is, what happens, we'll say, if you fall, you trip, you fall, the object breaks, the object breaks, and now you have shards, right? Ruben has shards of his object in Rosh Hashanah. And what does he do? He's mafkirit. Right? It's a great way not to have to clean up your own mess, right? Not mine, right? We've got not me, we've got not me, now we've got not mine, right? Not, not mine, not mine. So mafkir nechasa. So I'll say, so what happens if you make, you make the shards, what happens if you make the shards hefker? So the Gemara says, mar savar, mafkir nezok of chayiv, so one opinion says that if you make your items which have the capacity to damage someone else hefker, ultimately again you're still liable. You're still liable. In other words, making it hefker does not remove your personal liability. Umar Savar Pater. Their opinion says, no, that actually works. That actually could work. Hefker is hefker is hefker. I'll also take a quick look at Rashi. So the Rashi on the last white line, a good Rashi over here. The Mafkir Nezakov. They're all good Rashi. I'm, I'm no one to judge. I'm, not, I'm no one to rate Rashis. Right? Everyone is a, a very helpful Rashi. They're all helpful. So, okay. Just look at Rashi. Just look at Rashi. The Mafkir Nezakov Rashi says, Kigonze, the Mistama Mafkir Lecharasov. So we'll say, this is actually interesting. Rashi says over here, Lav Dafka, we're talking about a case, right? So, so there's two things happening over here. Number one, Ruven's tripping, right? So, what, so let's, just, let's just frame the picture in our mind's eye. Right? So Ruven's walking to Surabim. He's got his jug on his shoulder. He trips, he falls, and the jug breaks. So now, we'll say there's two things happening over here. Number one, Ruven, you tripped. Halachically, how do we view the act of tripping? Right? Is tripping considered to be a poshea, or is tripping considered to be a shogeg? 
That's 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 number one. That's number one. Next, now the jug is broken. Ruven decides, you know what? I don't want this. I'm out. Right? I'm out. I just want to go home. Right? So so he says, I'm mafkir, I'm mafkir my the, the, the shards. So we say, now the shayla is, does that work or not? Does that work or not? So now look at Rashi. So Rashi says, Kigonza demistama mafkir. Now we'll say, now what Rashi uh, Rashi adds over here is Lav dafka that Reuven is saying, you know, hinni muchanam uzuman to make the shards of my jug hefker. Rashi says, mistama. Mistama means the assumption over here is once that jug breaks, people don't have a use for pottery shards, right? For shards. So therefore, again, mistama, he's just making it hefker. So Rashi says, Rabbi Meir sabar mafkir nizak of chayiv. Rabbi Meir holds that Allah chalamaisa. If you make your objects, even though again they have the capacity to, da- to damage, you make them, you make them hefker, you're still chayef. It doesn't work. In other words, you, you cannot divest your ownership interests from a damaging force that you have created. Ramirez's logic is very interesting. Listen to this. He'll say, remember, pottery shards in Rishos Harabim. What is that? Halachically, what category do we put that into? It's bar. And I will say, we, now we haven't really done a deep dive into bar, but remember, what is the paradigmatic case of bar? Paradigmatic case of bar is, I dig a bar where? Where? Rosh Sarabim. And I will say, what's your relationship to that bar Rosh Sarabim? It's not yours. Why is it not yours? Why is it not yours? Rosh Sarabim. Yet, interestingly enough, it's not yours. But it is yours. We're going to see, I will say that, and we're actually going to see this in just a little bit, that there are two things that are logically are not yours, but the Torah put it under your ownership. One of them is going to be Bar, the second is going to be Chametz. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Right? So this is actually fascinating. So here, I will say, how can you ever be high for Barber Shusarabim? After all, again, it's a Shusarabim, which means no one owns it. So if I go and I dig a bar, I don't own that bar. But the Torah says, for liability purposes, yes, you do. So Rabbi Meir will say, Rabbi Meir will say, bar is a paradigm. And the paradigm of bar is, if you introduce a damaging force into the public domain, you can't divest yourself of ownership of that. That is yours. That is yours. And even if you make it after, it makes absolutely no difference. I say, think about the tremendous Musr Haskell in this. The tremendous lesson. If you create a damaging force. You cannot walk away from your responsibility. I say, I don't want to be involved in it anymore. If you created it, you own it. If you started it, you own it. You can remedy it, right? You can fix it. Collect the shards, right? Collect the shards. Collect the, ne- collect the damaging piece. I'll say, how often does this happen in life, right? People create damaging realities and after they've created what they've created, what do they do? What do they want to do? Not mine. Not mine. I don't want to do this anymore. Not mine. I'm just going to walk away. Whoa, 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 whoa. You made this. You made this. You created this. You don't get to walk away from something that you created. You made the mess. You own the mess. Now you could clean up the mess. You could fix this. Very outside. I just want to point out, this is a very rem- rem- remediable, remediable, Curable, fixable, right, fixable, right? This is a very fixable situation. I will say, why, why, what's, what's the fixality of this situation? I just, I just wanted to get that in. I didn't make up a word this week yet, right? 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 Wherein lies the fixification of, of this particular dynamic? I will say, listen to it. It's very simple. What does this require of Ruvain? What does it require of Ruvain? What does it require of Ruvain? Right? A broom, a dustpan for the shards, and a mop for the water, right? That's what it requires. Clean up your mess. You make a mess in life, clean up your mess. Don't put it on someone else. Don't leave it for someone else. Don't blame it on someone else. You made it, okay, you could whine about it, you could complain about it, you could try to divorce yourself from it. At the end of the day, the best thing to do is just own it and clean it up. But Rabbi Meir says, if you try to walk away from it, it doesn't work. say, so profound. We spend so much time in life making messes and then pretending like they don't belong to us making messes and then trying to put it on someone else or trying to just walk away or turn the blind eye, it doesn't work. The mess is always yours. And whoever gets injured from that mess that you made, you're liable for that. So much better just to own it and clean it up. Any events, right? Mayor says, 
Even if you try to go, it's all right, let's, let's finish Rashi. Finish Rashi. I told you this was an incredible Rashi. Rashi says as follows. He says, Remember, says again, when you, Bar B'Shus Harabim is the paradigmatic case of damage. In other words, so Bar does not belong to you. It's in Rishabim, yet the Torah put it in your domain for damage. Rabbi Huda Savar, Potter. Rabbi Huda says your Potter. Why? Listen to this. So on the other hand, that Rabbi Huda, who we're, who we're talking about over here, so ultimately Rabbi Huda will say that actually the paradigmatic case of bar, the paradigmatic case of bar, ultimately is where, ultimately again, you own, you, you, you made a bar in your rishos. Ultimately again, you are mafkir, your domain, but retained ownership over the bar. Again, we're going to see that we haven't seen this yet. We're going to get to this in the Gemara. So therefore, I will say, this is the fundamental machlokis over here. So do you have the ability to essentially be mafkir your bar? So Rabbi Meir says, absolutely not. Because Rabbi Meir says the paradigmatic case of bar is a barber where you don't even own the bar. Yet, ultimately, the Torah puts it in your domain for liability. Rabbi Huda will say that if you're mafkir, if you're mafkir the shards, it works. Because Rabbi Huda has a different paradigm of bar. His paradigm of bar is actually you, you dig a bar in your domain, then you're mafkir your domain, your rishos, but retain ownership over the bar. Okay, again, we're not going to delve into that right now. But the point is, what the Gemara is making over here is that halacha there's a two-prime machlokas. Machlokas, the one is bishas nefila, when you're actually right at the time when the jug falls down. What's that machlokas? Is tripping, what's the liability for tripping? Is tripping ultimately again, Poshea or not? Poshea or not? Ultimately, again, Rabbi Huda says it's not Poshea. Rabbi Meir says it is. Sekim Achlokes is ultimately, again, after now the Kli is broken, sitting on the ground, the shards are there. Halach Halach Can you be mafke the shards? Ultimately, again, Rabbi Huda says, yes, you can. The Tanakhama says, no, you can't. Omimai, so the says, where do you know this from? So essentially, the is asking, how do you know to set this up as a two-prong machlok? It's really interesting. Omimai, mediktani tarti, huchlok echar b'mayim, o shalaka b'charasas. So the Gemara says it's interesting, because remember, the Mishnah sets up the case of Ruben's holding the jug, the jug falls, breaks, and someone else, Shimon, gets injured either, either through what? Either through the water or through the shards. So why do you need both of these? Mar says, Hainu hach. It's the same thing. They both say, now, it's not totally the same thing as we discussed, but it's the same thing. Someone is getting injured through the broken jug. Why do you have to talk about either? What does it matter if, if the injury is happening through the water or through the shards? This is what it means to say. The Gemara suggests that maybe the two parts over here refer to the two, the two elements of damage. When it says somebody tripped in water, what that refers ultimately again is to injury done, bishas nefila. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Ella bishas nefila. Heichi ika lameimar niska poshehu. Mauyachalasos im niskala behemto dibishlama. No, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So perhaps, again, injury in the water refers to shas nefila. Or laka becharosis. Injured through the shards, that refers ultimately again to after the shards are lying in the Shusarabim. Umidimas Nisan Bitarti, Bitarti, and since the Mishnah is going to be set up with these two elements of damage, the Brisa will follow suit as well. So therefore, I will say that's the Yorash is suggesting over here. Then Alokalamaisa, there's a two prong machlokas. Machlokas about the nature of tripping. Is tripping poshea or not? And Machlokas as to after now the shards are sitting in Rishsarabim, does one have the ability to make a damaging force? Hefker. That's our Shaila. So Bishlama Kado Mishkachasla O Bishasnafila Ola Akhanafila. So we'll say I understand the case of the jug, you can set that up ultimately again Bishasnafila or after the fila. Ella Gimalo. So we'll say now remember again, just to understand, we're talking about two things. Remember our Mishnah, and we're talking about the Brisa. Remember again the Brisa at the end of the at the end of Ahmed Bays, where the Brisa said, Your jug broke, your jug broke. 
ultimately again, and you did not remove the shards, or your camel fell down and you did not stand up your camel. So the Gemara says as follows. So I understand the case of the jug. You could find two cases, right? There's two cases. You can have either damage done by Shasnafila, which will be ultimately again, is tripping Poshea or not, and Laachanafila. I left the I left the shards in the Sarabim, so now again, can I make that hefka or not? El Gimbalo, what about the case of the camel? So I understand the case of the camel, the machlokis ultimately bishas nafila. Also, what's the machlokis? Right, the camel's sitting there. Camel sitting there, right? I don't want to get, you know what? I'm too tired. I don't want to get the camel up. So instead, you know, I have a better idea. So I have a better idea. Hefker. All right, I'm making that camel. So that, that, that could be the machlokis. Elo. The Gemara says, Right, it could be a case where I'll say, the Gemara is also setting it up where the case where the camel died. The camel died. It's laying there in Shurabim. And I'm mafkir the carcass. So then we go back. We said before, can you be mafkir a damaging force that initially belonged to you? Can you be mafkir? But I will say, how do you have, what's the case of a camel where damage is done right at the time when it's falling down? I will say interesting case here. What's the case? The case can be where you're leading the animal, literally, literally, what is it? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, We're talking about a case where the river, let's say, overflowed its banks. And it covered up the road. So say, so now what am I doing? I'm leading my camel, I'm leading my camel down a road that is covered with water. Down a road that is covered with water. Now we'll say, now what happens? Now what happens? Now this is an act of negligence. I will say, why is it negligent to cover, to lead your animal down a road covered with water? Because obviously if the animal can't see where it's walking, right, that leads it, that leads it to be, that, that makes it prone to, to dramatic damage. So what's the case over here? The case over here is where I'm leading my animal, my animal tripped and fell down. Now, let's say now it's this damaging force in the someone else gets damaged as a result. What's the case? So remember again, remember, we've now established that there's two elements of damage. There's damage that can be done by Shasnafila, at the time the object, or in this case, animal falls down. And then there's damage that could be done after the animal or object has fallen. So I understand the case of right? That makes sense, right? In the case of the animal, that could be a case where let's say the animal fell, died, and I don't remove the carcass. I leave the carcass there. I try to be mafkirit. So then there's a machlokis. Can you be mafkir, a damaging force that you introduce into Rosh Sarabim? But what we're trying to figure out is in the animal case, in the gummel, in the camel case, what's the case of damage done bishas nefila at the time of falling? So the Marisa, I'll tell you the case. The case is where Ruvain led his animal, led his animal, ultimately again, over a water-covered road. And then what happens? The animal trips and falls. Trips and falls. So we'll say, so that's a case ultimately again of damage done bishas So there's, there, there's negligence there. Ruvain, why are you leading your animal over the case of a water of a water covered road? The animal obviously can't see where it's walking. If it's so where it was walking, then potentially it could avoid tripping over something. So that's the case ultimately again of Poshea, Bishastnafila with an animal. Says the Gimara, Hechidami. Well let, let's analyze this for just a bit. What's the case? Hechidami. Hechi dummy. I'm sorry. Idiika darka achrina pshehu. So obviously, again, if there was another road that Reuven could have led his animal on, then of course, Reuven is a poshea. He's negligent. That was if there was no other road that Reuven could go down, then what? He's an ones. So what's the case? Rather, I will say, what's the case? The case could be ultimately, again, where Reuven, this is interesting, Reuven tripped. Reuven tripped. And then his camel tripped over him. Right? That could be the case. That could be the case. Right? So the Gemara says, so therefore we'll say, that could be the case. So where, 
just understand what, what, what's happening over here. What's happening over here besides a lot of tripping, right? What's happening over here on both sides? We're just trying to figure out a case of where you could have a liability case of the camel b'shas nefila. I understand acher nefila after the animal has fallen down. It's obvious. I say the animal died. I leave the Ruven leaves the carcass there. Is mafkir that would be the liability case? But more stated again, what's the case ultimately again of b'shas nefila? Could be a case I Ruven tripped. And the animal tripped over him. Rashi says over here, Da'askil, Bederach Yabasha. They were just walking down a regular path. Viniska Bey Behemto, Fahavile Ihu Poshea. So I'll say, so remember again, if you go at the idea that tripping is negligent, so then the Maisa again, when Ruvain trips and then subsequently his animal trips over him, then Ruvain will be Chayev ultimately again for that Pashia. Okay, so the Gemara says, Mafkir Nizakov, Mai. My miskavinika. So let's say, so ultimately, again, in a case, ultimately, where Allah is a person, what, so now I'll say, whether it's the camel case or the jug case. So now, I've introduced the damaging force into Rosh Sarabim. Now, I want to go ahead and make it hefker. So ultimately, again, what miskavin, what kavana is there? Um, Rav Yosef, b'miskavin liskos becharaseo. So Rav Yosef says, what's the case? So I'll say, Ultimately, the case could be where he has a kavana to acquire the shards. Look at Rashi. This goes becharasa shalohif kiran chayiv ubeshein miskaving shuv liskos ban pater to mafkir nezaka pater. So I'll say, if you remember again, listen to this, and this is where Rashi comes in. This is why Rashi's statement was so profound before. Remember, I'll say the assumption is that when Ruben is carrying his jug and then the jug breaks in Rishonim, what's his relationship to those shards? What's what, what, what's the assumption? The default hefker. Hefker, right? I, I'm not, I'm not a, so, so now what's interesting is as follows. So now, so now the Gemara says like this. So there is an opinion that says that if you're mafkir, you're nezakav. If you make your damage, if you make the shards hefker, or I will say without even, without even an actual statement of hefker, just the default ultimately again is that it's hefker, and then someone subsequently gets damaged by that, there wouldn't be liability. However, if I had kavana, if Ruben had kavana, to go ahead and reacquire those shards. Let's say he did have a user, he just wants the shards. Then Enoch Inami again, and then they cause damage, there would be liability. And ultimately, again, Ravashi says also we're talking about a case where, the, again, the shard, the jug breaks, the default is Hefker, and then he has a mind to reacquire the shards, and then again, damage occurs, there will be liability. Rabbi says in reality, the Machlokas right there in the Rabbanon is Bishas Nafila. Avala Achar Nafila, but after, after again the jug has fallen. And let's see how the shards are there. My what's Talacha? Divreha called Potter. Everyone agrees that you're Potter. Everyone agrees that you're Potter. Which I will say, which, sound, which sounds like, which sounds like that what the Halacha is, or what the idea over here is, the Machlokas will be whether or not tripping is Pshia. But afterwards, afterwards, ultimately, again, when the jug is broken, laying in the Shurabim, everyone agrees that you're Pater. Why? It must be Hamafkir Nezakov Pater, that if you make your damaging force that you introduced Hefker, that ultimately it's Hefker. I think you're one second. Vaikrai Mered Mechaev, but that's not what it says in the Mishnah. Mered does say that you're Chaev. Elamai Divriakol Chaev. Elamai, rather, what do you have to say? Divriakol Chaev. That ultimately, again, no, even after Nefila, everyone will agree that you're Chayev. I have a Hoyker Rabbanon the Patri, but that's not true. What about the Rabbanon in Mishnah? Right? You will say the Rabbanon, uh, sorry, in the Braissa, which was on the bottom of Chav Kassam right? The Rabbanon on the Braissa that said that if Ruvain's carrying a jug, the jug breaks, and you don't remove the shards, the Rabbanon say that you are Potter. So not everybody agrees that you're chayiv. So the Gemara says, Elamai bish elamai, elamai bishas nefila. Rather, what does it mean bishas nefila? Af bishas nefila. Even at the time that you're tripping, or at the time that it's falling, the kamash malon kida abaye. Ultimately, again, then the, and and halach elamai so you pass like abaye. So what does abaye say? Abaye says there's a machlokes at all stages. All stages. There's a machlokes at the time of falling. I.e., is niskal is tripping poshea or not? And there's a machlokes after the object has fallen and quote unquote broken in Rosh Sarabim. And what can you make the damaging force that you introduced hefker or not? So that's why I'm saying by machlokes on all ends. Machlokes b'shas nafila and machlokes la'achar nafila. On the base, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, la'achar nafila machlokes. After, right after the tripping, so to speak. In other words, the damaging object is lying in Rosh Sarabim. Now, that's the machlokes. But at the time, ultimately, again, of, tr- of tripping or falling, my, what's the halacha? 
Everyone will agree that you are potter. So what he's saying is, Tripping is not considered to be negligent. Do not align our Mishnah with the view of Rabbi Meir. Why? Because Rabbi Meir says, Rabbi Meir holds that tripping is negligent. Mechlad Rabbi Meir Mechayev. So we'll say again, Rabbi Meir then obviously holds that Shechayev. Elamai, rather, what do you have to say? Divrei Hakol Chayev. Everyone will agree that Peshas Nafila, you're Chayev. I v'hamim tikkun Rabbi Yochanan the Kaman lo tema masnisin Rabbi Meiri darn miskal poshel. But again, Rabbi Yochanan says later on, do not align our mission with Rabbi Meiri who says that tripping is negligent. Mechlad the Pachi Rabbanon. That I will say, which sounds like this in Machlokes. So I'll say, so again, you can't. It's hard. what the Gemara is essentially struggling with is as much as we like to be able to align and to be able to say divrei hakol, everyone agrees. X fill in the blank. You can't say it. Let's here we go. Rather, again, what you have to say is as follows: Oh, so this is very interesting. I will say. So now the Gemara says, I think here's where we're kind of getting caught a little bit in a loop, is that we're trying to group all of the cases together, but in the answer, I will say there's two different dynamics over here, right? There's a situation where, let's say again, a damaging force was introduced, but as it was introduced ultimately again through extenuating circumstances versus a damaging force that is introduced through willful, through willful action. We'll say, give you a simple distinction, right? A person goes ahead and digs a bar, and digs a bar. So I will say, so now a person has done something willful, right? Has done, has done, has done an action. As opposed to, as opposed to, Ruvain's carrying his jug. The jug, he trips. The jug breaks. And now again, I will say, there's a bar. There's a bar. So listen to this. The Rabbana will say as follows. Perhaps, one well, wants to suggest, that Allah you can make a damaging force, a damaging force, Hefger, even when it belongs to you. As long as what? The damaging force was introduced as a result of an onis, an extenuating circumstance. In other words, I didn't purposely make it. Something, something extenuating happened to me and resulted in this bar. So now again, I could divest myself of ownership of it. So I, however, if I intentionally created bar circumstances, you can't walk away from that. Right, you can't make that hefker. So I was asking, look, look in Lashon again. The mafkir nezak of the hachal who the patriarch the anasu. It's in this case. So I was saying, in this case, Ruvain's walking. Ruvain's walking. He trips. The jug breaks. So remember again, the rabbana hold niskal lav toshea. Tripping is not negligent. Right? Tripping again. It's an accident. It's either a shogeg or it's ones, but it's certainly not poshea. So now again, yes, there are shards there. There are shards there. But I, I didn't mean to make this. I didn't mean to make this. This was a total accident. So rabbana say, you know what? In that case. You can make the shards hefker. You can make the shards hefker. You can walk away from this. However, but in a general case, where you do something willfully and you introduce a damaging force into this world, you can't make that hefker. For example, in a typical case of where you dig a bar, you dig a bar. So again, you decide now, you know what, I don't want this anymore. No, 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 no. You made this. You made this. You cannot go ahead and walk away from this at all. You be chayim. So it's so an interesting thing, which we'll see. So itmar, itmar, mafkir nezakov. If a person creates a damaging circumstances and wants to make it hefker, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Lazar, chad amar chayiv, chad amar pater. One says, one says chayiv. In other words, you can't divest yourself of ownership of a damaging force after you introduced it. And one says, ultimately, again, your pater. So Lema man de mechayev kirabi meir. Let's say the one who says that shechayev heals the kirabi meir. Uman de pater kirabanon. The one who says that shechayev like kirabanon. So the Gemara says no. Alivu kirabi meir. According to Rameir, fully amalo pligi. Everyone agrees. Not as well as according to Rameir, everyone agrees that shechayev. Keep pligi. Where is the machlokes? Sorry, the shepater. Keep pligi. Where is the machlokes? Alivu kirabanon. Man de pater kirabanon. Ultimately, again, the one who says that shepater heals like kirabanon. Uman de mechayev, and the one who says that shechayev amrulacha will say. Ultimately, again, I hold, I hold, even like the Rabbanon. I hold, good, one second.
All right, so I want to do the, I want to do the Rambam, but okay, we'll wait, we'll wait just a little bit. I hold even like the Rabbanon. Uh, good. I hold even like the Rabbanon. Fine. So the Gemara, I feel the Rabbanon. I'm kind of patri Rabbanon. I'm a mafkin zakov. The Rabbanon only patri you in a case where, let's say, you make the damaging force ownerless. You make him hefker. So the Gemara says the mafkin zakov. The hacha mishum the ones because we'll say again like this case. Even the Rabbanon holds right. Even even the Rabbanon say. That when you introduce a damaging force, you can make it hefker. That's when, when the damaging force occurred because of Oni's circumstances. I didn't purposely introduce it. Perhaps there, was, <coughs> there wasn't extending any circumstances. But ultimately, again, I will say, when you introduce the damaging circumstances, no, 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 you can't just walk away from that. So this time, Rebbe Lazar, this must reflect the view of Rebbe Lazar, the Amr Chayiv. There are two things that in reality are not in my Rishos, not really under my domain. Yet the Torah makes them as if they are in my Rishos. What are those two things? So we'll say, listen to this. So there are two things that technically speaking, I do not own. Right? A bar b'shusarabim. I dig a bar in public. We'll say, why, why don't I own the bar that I dig in a shusarabim? Why not? Why not? Shusarabim. It belongs to everyone. You can't take ownership over that. Yet, what happens? The Torah places it in your rishus, in your domain, for liability purposes. We'll say the second example of this is chametz. Is chametz. Technically speaking, once Pesach comes, the Torah says you don't own your chametz. Yet, what happens if you don't divest yourself of your actual chametz ownership? The Torah places it back in your domain for liability purposes. So, two examples of where legally you don't own something, but for liability you own. It was an interesting, interesting, interesting halachic distinction. You do not possess legal title, but you possess liability title. Right? So these are two things you don't you don't have legal title, but Torah puts puts it back in your rishus for liability purposes. This time, Omer Rabbi Rabbalazar actually say this. Rabbi Rabbalazar, Ipchad Rabbalazar, just the opposite. This time, Ha'ofech is actually interesting case. Ha'ofech as Ha'galol B'Shosar Abim. But say if you overturn dung in Rishosar Abim, right? Animal waste in Rishosar Abim. Whatever, right? you know, you go ahead. Right? So what happens? Bohuzak Bahen Acher. I will say now what happens as a result. Someone else is damaged, right? So I want to point out, it's not my dung. It's not my dung, right? So the mice again, Ruben, right? Ruben's animal, Ruben's animal went ahead and, you know, it's a guy, it's a good, it's, you could use this a lot in life, by the way, right? Not my dung, right? So, so, so the mice, the mice, again, it's someone else's, right? It's someone else's. So what happens? So now Ruben's animal, Ruben's animal looks screwed in and I just go ahead and I, I move it somewhere else. I move it somewhere else. So let's say now, so I, I come along, I come along and move it, and now Shimon is damaged, right? Shimon slips on it and falls, whatever, whatever the situation is, right? So the mice say now, but, 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 see what I say, I intervened over here, so I took it and I moved, literally means overturned, but I, I moved it. So what's that? So, so the Gemara says, I am liable. I am liable. That's only if you had a mind to acquire it. But if I didn't have a mind to acquire it, then I'm Pater. What do you see from here? Now what do you see from here? What you see from here is that Allah Chalamaisa, is that Allah Chalamaisa, Ruvain, whose animal this came from, doesn't have high ability. Isn't that interesting? So what do you see from here? They both say, so remember again, when Ruben's animal looks crazy in Rishon so the mice again, that's, that's a damaging force Rishon that Ruben introduced. And yet Ruben doesn't have any liability for that. I, if I come along and decide, huh, I, you know, I'd like some of that dung, right? I'm going to use it for my field or whatever else. I, I, and I move it. So now again, now I have liability because I acquired it. But had I not intervened, Ruben would be potter. So the Gemara says, Amrav Adabar Ava, Shechzir Limkoma. Now, what's the case? I will say the case ultimately is where I put it back in its original place. Original place. So the Gemara says as follows. So therefore, I will say, in that case, in that case, it's as if I never did anything with this dung. To what could this be compared? 
ultimately also what this could be compared to is a person who went ahead and found an open pit, then covered it, and then went ahead and recovered it afterwards. So, so essentially, there'd be no liability in that case. Why? Because I kind of put things back to where they need to get to. But I'm going to pause here for just a moment because, because I, want to just, I want to be able just to share with you the Rambam before we run out of time. Because I will say, this, this is actually... So again, I, I'm, I'm, the done case, case is going to be an illustration of what we said before. But again, I, just, I, want to, I want to close out the week just with this very important law. Because I will say, here we're being introduced to something dramatically amazing, which is... Which is what happens when you introduce something into, you introduce a damaging force and then you want to walk away from it? You want to walk away from it. Now we have two different cases. One case is where the damaging force ultimately, again, came about, came about as a result of, as a result of an ones. And what is it where it came about as a result, ultimately, again, of willful activity? So what, so what say, so listen to this. So the Gemara says, this is the Rambam, this is the Rambam. Um, I should share with you the the, the Choshen Mishpat as well. Here, let me share with you. Let me share with you the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch. Choshen Mishpat Simen Tov Yud Beis. Mishayatan Kad. Someone's carrying a jug. Veniskal. He trips. Venishparakad, and the jug breaks. Vehizik laachirim b'shas lefila, and he damages others at the time right that it falls down. Potter. Deniska lav posheo. So I'll say. So number one. So number one is that halacha lemaisa. We hold. Tripping is not negligent. Tripping is not negligent. So that's number one. For the Malafichach, Im la'achar shenochu shivri akad ba'aretz, huskubam adam o shenuchlok bamayim shenishbuchu me'akad, pater midine adam. So I'll say, now watch this. Now this all flows. So I just, I'm sorry. I know we should have really gotten to the Mishnah, but I just couldn't resist. I, I have to do this halacha with you. So I'll say, so now it also makes the rest of the much easier. So I'll say, so first of all, the Shukhanar Paskins. Shukhanar Paskins. Tripping is not negligence. Right? Tripping is ones. Tripping is ones. Therefore, I will say, so number one, so number one, if you go ahead and you injure someone tripping, I will say, right? If I trip, so this is actually very important. Let's say a case, I trip, I trip, and I injure someone else in the tripping, in the tripping, right? I bump into someone else and they get injured, there's no liability for that. That's not poshea. So the love poshehu, the fichach, that's case one. The fichach, im la achashinach ba'aretz, Therefore, if afterwards, now so I'm walking, I'm walking, and again, I'm holding my jug. I trip. So number one, tripping is not negligence. Now the jug falls. Now again, I'm going to say there's water and there's shards. Right? So what's that? Now, now, as a result, Ruvain walks by, and Ruvain either slips in the water or, or is injured by the shard. Potter midine adam. I'm Potter. There's no liability. Why? So let's listen to this. Why? Because what's it? We paskin. We paskin. Once that jug breaks, it's hefker. The, the assumption is it's hefker. And I will say, you are permitted to go and be mafkir, a damaging force that you introduced if it happened by ones. That's how we paskin. Incredible. In this case over here, the Shekhanar paskins, no liability. No liability for the tripping. And no liability if Ruben subsequently gets injured on the shards or ultimately again on the water. So we'll say, so you see from here that when a damaging force is introduced ultimately again, ba'ones, extenuating circumstances, you are permitted to divest your ownership interest. However, and with this we have to end, however, the chayiv bidine shamayim im hayalo salkam. Now you might be exempt in a human court, but I will say, if you have time to remove the damaging force and you do not do so, you will be chayiv ultimately again be dinei shamayim. So I both say, so that is the halacha l'maysa. But of course, again, we'll end up by saying hashkafa l'maysa. Hashkafa, we always ask him that if you create the mess, if you create the damaging force, own it, take it, remove it, clean it up. If you create the difficulties, if you create the broken shards, then it is upon you to remedy the broken situation. I both say, shkoyach and kitshabis. Have some of you